Well, if you're able this morning, stand with me one more time as we honor the reading of the the wonderful word of the Lord. Man, I am so excited about this series. I hope you're excited. I hope you're actually, I just hope you're half as excited about it as I am. Because, listen, this is not be my favorite series of all because this is my heart. I, get to, I just get to preach, I just get to open my heart and preach these six messages because this is uh, who I have become in the Lord and uh, who I think the Lord wants us to be at the Grace Place. Today we're looking at the book of Matthew, chapter number 6. Matthew, chapter number 6. We're going to begin reading with verse number Five. And this is Jesus talking, and Jesus said, and when you pray. Say, when you pray. Jesus said, and when you pray. You shall not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogue and on the corners of the streets, so that they can be seen by men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But you, when you pray, go into your room, and when you have shut your door, pray to your Father who is in the secret place. And your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. And when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Therefore, do not be like them, for your father knows the things you have need of before you ask him. In this manner, therefore, pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Father, I thank you one more time for your infallible, your life-altering, life-changing, miracle-working word. God, once again, I pray that you will add your anointing to the message and to the messenger, Lord, today. God, I pray for everyone in this room today. I pray you'll give us ears to hear the word of God. But God, I pray that you'll give us a desire to leave and not have just heard the word, but we will put in practice what we have received today. All for the glory of God, we ask in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. All of God's people said, praise the Lord. Hey, you may be reseated. This morning. Well, we are currently in a series called Impact. Now, Impact is the word that God gave to me to declare as our word for the year. It is our heart at the Grace Place to make an impact both locally and globally. Our desire is to make a difference in people's lives. See, we're not satisfied with just having church, we want to be the church. Would somebody say amen? Now, in this series, we are making an acrostic out of this word impact. And through this acrostic, we are talking about what it will take and how we will make an impact. We began, of course, with the letter I. And for the letter I, I used the word intentionality. And then for the letter M, we used the word missions. Now, if you have missed either or both of these messages, I challenge you to go on our website and listen Well, today we're going to look at the letter P in this word. And for the letter P, I'm using the word prayer. Say prayer. Prayer. See, it is impossible to make a lasting impact without prayer. 
I said it is impossible to make a lasting impact without prayer. See, see, prayer is the power behind the vision. See, here's, here's what I've come to know, and that is you can strategize and organize and agonize and, and even mobilize. And all four of these things are incredibly important, but listen to me, listen, listen, if you don't begin with prayer and then bathe everything in prayer, there's absolutely no way that you will be able to make a lasting impact. As I look back over the the past 46 years of full-time ministry, I, I can see that the most significant things that God has allowed me to do, the most significant things that the Lord has accomplished through my ministry came about as a result of my obedience to God to the specific instructions that I received from Him in prayer. Well, let me, uh, let me repeat my first two statements. First of all, it is impossible to make a lasting impact without prayer. And number two, prayer is the power behind the vision. All right, let me, let me suggest three things about prayer today. I want to suggest three things about prayer. First of all, I want to suggest that prayer should be a priority. Prayer should be a priority. See, here, here's what I know. If prayer is not a priority, it won't get done. If you don't make prayer a priority, you're not going to pray. See, 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 you won't have time to pray unless you make time to pray. Because there will always be something that you will need to do. There will always be something that you want to do. And so because of this, because of this, prayer should be scheduled. Prayer should be scheduled. I want us to look at our scripture for today. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 5. Jesus said, when you pray. Notice he didn't say, if you pray. Jesus said, when you pray. Verse number 6, he said it again, when you pray. Verse number 7, he said it again, when you pray. Prayer should be scheduled. Now, now some say prayer should be the first thing you do early in the morning. I say it depends on the person. See, see, there are some people, there are some people that even God doesn't want to talk to first thing in the morning. The lady was asked, did you wake up grumpy this morning? She said, no, I just let him sleep. Just some people, you don't, you, even God didn't want to talk to first thing in the morning. It's up to the individual. It's what, what works for you. It's what you are able to work in your schedule. See, see when you pray doesn't, doesn't really matter. It's if you pray that really matters. And if you pray will be determined by your priorities. If you pray will be determined by if prayer is on your daily schedule. Write this down this morning. Write this down. Our habits determine what happens. Our habits determine what happens. And that's either good or that is either bad. But it is, it is so good and it is so true that our habits determine what happens. I am a person of habit. I do everything in, in a habit. I, I, I put my key in the same place. I put my wallet in the same I'm not looking for my key. I'm not looking for my wallet. I'm not looking for my phone. I'm not looking for things because I'm a creature of habit. I do the same thing every single time. And so then, you know, if I am looking for something, I have a good place to go look because I know this is what I always do. Listen, our habits will determine what happens. Not only should prayer be scheduled, but prayer should be done in seclusion. 
Matthew 6 and 6, Jesus said, when you pray, go away by yourself and shut the door behind you and pray to your Father in private. Now, I understand this is going to be harder for some than for others. If you have small kids, especially, it'll be hard for you. Let me me just say this. If you have small children, then then, then your prayer time, it needs to be during their nap time, or it needs to be before they get up in the morning, or it needs to be after they go to bed at night. Here's what you need to do, and that is be creative. Be creative. One size doesn't fit all. Find you a special place and a special time and make a date with God. God. Maybe it'll be your commute to work in the morning instead of, you know, giving everybody the fist and instead of, you know, why don't you turn on some praise and worship music? Why don't, on your commute to work, why don't you go through your prayer list? Why don't you spend time in the presence of God on your commute to work? Maybe, hey, fellas, maybe maybe it's in your man cave or your workshop or your garage. Find a place, find a particular time, create a habit of meeting with God. Every day, every day alone, just you and God and his word and maybe a cup of coffee. Prayer should be in seclusion. Why? Why? So that we can talk to God about our secrets. See, there are things that I say to God in prayer I don't want anybody to know. There are things that I have that I'm working on, that God's working on or whatever, that nobody's business but, but me and God. And so, and so I need to have a secret place. I need to have a place where just me and God, where I can pour out my heart to God, where God can speak to me, but I can tell God all about my secrets. And also I need a secret place and a special place and a secluded place so that I will not be distracted. Because I'm going to tell you that, that, that prayer, until you, until you develop the habit of it, I'm going to tell you something. Listen, it's one of the hardest things you'll ever do. But then when you get in the habit of doing it, it'll be the thing that you will want to do, and you'll become very, very good at it. But the devil, when you pray, he's going to tell you everything you need to do and everything you haven't done. And, and he's going to send a text message, and he's going to send a phone call, or somebody's going to knock on your door, or this or that, or something else. That's why we need to have a special place, a secluded place, just us and God, where we can get along with God. We can tell him our deepest, deepest secrets, but also where we will not be distracted from all the distractions of life. Here's what I know, and that is the more I pray, the more I want to pray. The more I pray, the more I want to pray. And the more I pray, the more I miss it if, I'm allow, if I allow something to rob me of this appointment. First of all, prayer should be a priority. The second thing I want to talk about this morning, that is prayer should include a plan. Prayer should include a plan. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 9 through 13, we've already read it, but there is recorded there what has become what we call the Lord's Prayer. You can ask anybody to recite the Lord's Prayer, and even sinners can recite the Lord's Prayer. We all know this as the Lord's Prayer. Actually, this is not the Lord's Prayer. fact of the matter is, it's not a prayer at all. It is actually a pattern or a plan for prayer. Notice what Jesus said in verse number 9. But notice, notice, first of all, notice what he didn't say. Notice Jesus didn't say, repeat this prayer. Here's your prayer. 
Here's your prayer. Repeat this prayer. No, no, Jesus did not say repeat this prayer. He said in this manner, therefore pray. Or in other words, here's how that you ought to pray. Or here is an outline for prayer. Prayer should include a plan. Now, now when I'm talking about prayer, I'm talking about our extended prayer time. See, see, we can actually pray at any time, right? We can pray at any time, at any place, under any circumstances. fact of the matter is the Bible actually says that we ought to pray without ceasing or that we should live in an atmosphere of prayer 24-7. I love, and I challenge you to do it also, I love to recognize God's presence throughout my day. I start out my day talking to God. I'm not talking about my extended prayer. I'm just talking about, you know, good morning, Lord. Oh, I love you, Lord. I start out my day communicating with God. I I talk to God throughout my day. I just, just, many times throughout the day, I'll just pause and recognize the presence, the spirit, oh, of Almighty God. And I'll just give him a moment and just recognize his presence. God is the last one that I talk to before, before I go off to la-la land. I, I, I pray one last time and communicate with God right before I go to sleep. Oh, oh, but oh, oh, how I also love my hour with him in my special place where I try to focus on him and him alone for a whole hour. Now, some of you hear about an hour I've been doing this a long, long time, and I'm a preacher, okay? It's my business, okay? I'm not, listen, listen, the last thing I want you to do is leave here condemned or feeling bad because you don't pray an hour every, every day. I'm not, listen, that time will come for you. I believe it can come for you. For every single one of you, it could come for you. But listen, five, ten minutes in the presence of God beats what you're doing now. Just get started. But if you actually pray the plan of prayer that Jesus said for you to pray, there's no way you can do it in five minutes. When I spend my hour with him, and I try to do it every day, an hour, I've been talking to him throughout the day, but, but, but I try to I get in that secret place, that special place, that secluded place, and I try to just have my one, and I'm not talking about Bible reading either. I'm talking about talking to God and letting God talk to me. And in this time, I pray through a plan. Not my plan. I pray the plan that he gave me in Matthew 6, verse 9 through 13. So I want us to take a look this morning real quickly I could have a whole series on just this, but let me just quickly take you through the plan that Jesus gave us for prayer. It starts with praise. Praise. Verse number 9, Jesus said, when you pray, pray this. Pray this, our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Prayer should always, we're talking about the extended prayer time now, prayer should always begin with praise. And I'll tell you something, this is just me, but I love to begin my hour. I love to begin my prayer time on my knees. I don't stay there a very long time because I find I can focus better when I'm walking back and forth. And also I get my hour walk in too. But I love to begin my prayer time on my knees. And I start out by recognizing God. 
I get on my knees and, and I recognize God. I recognize God the Father and I recognize God the Son and I recognize God the Holy Spirit. And I bow before them and I humble myself before them and I honor them and I worship them. The Bible says in Revelation chapter 4 and verse 8, that there are four beings or four creatures that their entire job or their entire responsibility is to bow before God's throne and to cry out, Holy, holy, holy Lord God, who was and who is and who is to come. Holy, holy, holy Lord God, who was and is and is to come. 24-7 they cry out. Without rest they cry out. Without a break they continually cry out, Holy! Holy, holy, holy Lord God, who was and who is and who is to come. I try to join these creatures every day. I begin my prayer time with praise. Psalm 100 verse 4 says to enter, enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Write this down this morning. Praise will get you an audience with God. Praise will get you an audience with God. Praise gets God's attention. Praise is music to his ears. I begin my praise part of my prayer time thanking God for who he is. Thanking him for who he is. Oh, he's my savior. He's my redeemer. He's my provider. He's my protector. He's my best friend. And on and on and on I began to thank God for who he is. I then begin to praise him for all he does for me. Oh, and begin to thank him and praise him for all of my blessings. I thank him for my family. I thank him for my finances. I thank him for my friends. I thank him for his word. I thank him for his anointing. I thank him for aligning my circumstances and my situations and my relationships. I thank him for opening doors for me. I thank him for closing doors for me so that better doors can later be opened for me. And the list goes on and on and on and on. Prayer should include a plan, and this plan should begin with praise. After a time of praise, we can now move into petition. Petition. Verses 10 and 11. Jesus said, pray like this. Pray, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Pray like this, Jesus said. Give us this day our daily bread. Or give us this day our daily provision. See, to position, uh, to, to petition, I hope I did say petition to start with. To petition is to ask or to make a request. Paul wrote in Philippians 4 and 6, he said, don't worry about anything. Instead, he said, pray about everything. He said, tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. And Jesus said in Matthew 7 and 11, he said, your heavenly Father will give good gifts to those who ask him. Let me make four statements about petition this morning. Four statements about petition. First of all, it's okay. It's okay to ask God for anything that doesn't contradict his word. Pastor, is it okay to ask God for this? Well, does it contradict God's word? It's okay to ask God for anything and everything that does not contradict his written word. 
See, we don't have to feel bad about going to God with our needs or our wants. He's our heavenly father, and as a father, he loves his children, and he feels responsible to meet the need of his children. And he's also interested in our wants. Second statement I want to make about petition is this, and that is he doesn't always answer yes. It's all right to ask God for anything and everything that you need or want if it does not contradict his written word, but he doesn't always say yes. Again, as a father, he is concerned with what is best for us. Now, we think we know what's best for us, but more often than not, we really don't. God responds to our petitions in one of five ways. When we petition or we ask God for something, sometimes he says yes. Sometimes he says no. Sometimes he says not right now. Sometimes he says I have a much better plan. And sometimes he says, are you out of your ever-loving mind? The third statement I want to make about petition is this. Man, this is good. Get this, get this this morning. Prayer is more about submitting to God's plan than it is in trying to talk him into ours. Can I tell you from experience that God knows what he's doing? Doesn't always look like God knows what he's doing. Sure doesn't always feel like God knows what he's doing, but God knows what he is doing. His plan and his way is always, say always, His plan and his way is always better than ours. And the fourth thing that I want to talk about concerning petition is this, and that is finish every petition with your will be done. Jesus said, pray, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So finish every petition with your will be done. Go ahead and pray. Go ahead and pray. Say, God, God, here's my will. God, here's the way that I see it. God, this is the way that I would do it. God, this is what I want. But once you pray that, then pray, but God, you're much wiser than me. God, I have limited knowledge, but you have unlimited knowledge. God, I am fickle and feeble and flawed. But God, you are mighty, you are marvelous, and you are majestic. Your will be done on earth just as it is in heaven. Prayer should include a plan. Begin with praise, move into petition, and then the next part of prayer is penitence. Penitence. Penitence is another word for repentance. Verse 12, New Living Translation, it renders it this way. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. We need to understand there are two types of sin. Sins of commission and sins of omission. Somebody asked, what are sins of omission? And somebody answered by saying, I think those are the sins that we haven't gotten around to yet. (laughs) No, no. Sins of commission are the bad things that we have done. We have committed. They are sins of commission. And so we should, for, we should ask God to forgive us for our sins of commission. Our sins of commission are the bad things that we have done. Sins of omission are the good things that we should be doing that we are not doing. Like praying. 
James 4, verse 17, James writes, he says, if you know what you should be doing and yet you refuse to do it, he said, then for you that is sin. Nothing said there about doing bad things. It's uh, talking about not doing the good things, not doing the right things, not doing the things commanded for us to do in Scripture. So prayer should include penitence or repentance. God, I'm sorry for doing this. God, I'm sorry for doing that. Oh, God, oh, God, I failed you. Oh, God, I've fallen. God, forgive me for that. Oh, oh, and then, God, please forgive me for not doing. God, God, I know I ought to be praying. I know I ought to be reading my Bible. Oh, God, I know I ought to be tithing. God, I know I ought to be working for you. God, there's so many things I ought to be doing, and I'm not doing them. God, forgive me, Lord. Lord, forgive me for the things that I'm not doing that I ought to be doing. Don't stop right there, then start doing those things. Next on our prayer list is protection. Verse 13, Jesus said, pray this way. Pray, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Satan is the evil one, John 10 and 10. The Bible says the thief comes in order to steal and to kill and to destroy. Prayer should include praying a hedge of protection around yourself and your family, and your possessions. Remember the story of Job and how God and the devil had a conversation and, and God was bragging on Job and God was telling the devil, man, Job, is a, he's a perfect man. There's not a flaw in him, man. He, he walks uprightly. He's, a, he, 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 he's an incredible man of God. And, and the devil said to God, the devil said, yeah, 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 God, it's because you built a hedge around him. You built a wall around him and around everyone and everything that is associated with him. And because of this wall and because of this hedge of protection, I can't get to him. God, if you'll just take down that wall, if you'll just remove the hedge and let me get to him and let me tempt him, he'll curse you to his, your face. God didn't say, devil, no, I don't have a hedge. So I believe he had a hedge around Job, amen? And I believe the same hedge that God had built around Job, God can build around you and your family and your finances and everything about you. Every single day, I pray a hedge of protection around myself and my family. Every single day, I try to pray for every single family member by name. And not just pray by name, but I pray specific prayers for each one of my specific family members. I'm already praying for my grandkids' future mates. I also pray specifically for, for every deacon that, that served with me on the board and their family. I also pray for every staff member and their mate and their children, including Pastor Clay's wife. Yes, he has a wife. We just don't know who she is yet. And then finish your prayer time with praise. Begin with praise and end with praise. Why? Because he is praise worthy. Verse 13, finish your prayer. For yours is the kingdom and the glory and the power forever. The psalmist wrote in Psalm 148, he said, Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise him from the skies. Praise him all his angels. Praise him all the armies of heaven. Praise him, sun and moon. Praise him, all you twinkling stars. Praise him, skies above. Praise him, vapors high above the clouds. Let every created thing give praise to the 
Lord. Praise the Lord from the earth, you creatures of the ocean depths. Fire and hail, snow and clouds, wind and weather that obey him. Mountains and all hills, fruit trees and all cedars, wild animals and all livestock. Small scurrying animals and birds, kings of the earth and all people. Rulers and judges of the earth, young men and young women, old men and children. Let them all praise the name of the Lord for his name is very great. His glory towers over the earth and heaven. Every time you pray, you ought to begin with praise and then you ought to end with praise. Why? Because he is worthy of praise. Give him a word, a shout of praise in his house today. We're talking about what it will take in order to make a substantial impact. Prayer is perhaps the most important piece of the puzzle. Because, you see, it's through prayer that we discover what we need to do. And it's through prayer that we discover how to do it. And it's through prayer that we gain the power that enables us to do it. Three things about prayer today. First of all, prayer should be a priority. Second of all, prayer should include a plan. And the third thing I want to say about prayer this morning, and that is prayer will produce power. Prayer will produce power. James 5 and 16, the earnest passionate prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. Here's what we need to understand about prayer. Sometimes prayer changes the situation and sometimes it changes the saint. Sometimes God allows or sometimes even God arranges our situation in order to bring about change in our lives. Oftentimes, we are rebuking something we think has been sent there by the devil when actually it was God that put it there in our life. Oh, I know that doesn't fit in much mainstream theology, but it's the truth. Sometimes God allows and even arranges our situations in order to bring about change in our lives. Prayer will produce power. Sometimes it's overcoming power. That's the kind of power we want to have in prayer. We want the overcoming. Oh, we want to be able to say, get behind me, devil. Not only will prayer produce overcoming power, but it will also produce enduring power. Enduring power. Such was the case with the Apostle Paul. In 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7 through 10, Paul prays three times for God to change his situation. And each time God responded, no. This is the Apostle Paul we're talking about. He's asking for God to change his situation, and God's saying, no, not going to do it. God says to Paul, says, I have arranged the situation. In order to change you, which actually in Paul's case was, I've arranged the situation so you won't change. Because you've had so many trips to glory and you've been puffed up so much that without this thorn in the flesh, you're going to get puffed up. And so I put this thorn in the flesh, not necessarily to change you, but to keep you from changing. But for most of us, and many times, it's so that we, so it will change us. God said, Paul, Paul, I'm not going to give you overcoming power, but let me tell you what I am going to give you. I'm going to give you enduring power. My grace is sufficient for you. I'm not going to get you out, Paul, but I'm going to get you through. My grace will sustain you. Prayer will produce power. Let me give you two quick tips on prayer, and then we're done this morning. Two 
quick tips on prayer. First of all, pray the scriptures. Pray the scriptures. Find a promise in the Bible that parallels your situation. And then remind God what he said in his word and what he promised in scripture about your particular situation that you are going through. Now, now, you are really not reminding God because God can't forget. You are really reminding yourself. But in reminding yourself in prayer, it will build your faith to believe what God said God will also do. Pray the, pray the scriptures. Pray the scriptures. And then pray in the spirit. Pray in the spirit. 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and verse 15, Paul writes, he said, he said, I will pray with my understanding. I'll pray the way I know how to pray. I'll pray with the knowledge that I have about the situation, the circumstance. I will pray with my understanding. But he went on to say, but I will also pray in the Spirit. Jude, verse number 20, says to build yourselves up on your most holy faith. How are we going to do this, Jude? He says by praying in the Holy Spirit. And then Romans chapter 8, verse 26 and 27, says the Holy Spirit helps us pray. Holy Spirit helps us pray. He prays for us in harmony with God's I don't have time to go into detail here, but there is a power available to spirit-filled saints that goes untapped every single day. See, every person receives the Holy Spirit of salvation. I don't want anyone to, to get mixed up here. Everyone, everyone receives the Holy Spirit at the time of their salvation. But there is another experience with the Holy Spirit that is available to every born-again saint that follows or that comes after their salvation experience. The book of Acts describes this experience in detail. And the Bible says that one of many evidences of this experience is speaking in tongues. Now, speaking in tongues is speaking in a language other than your own native, known native language. One of the purposes of, the, of this language is to aid you in your prayer life. Paul said, I'm going to pray with my own understanding. I'm going to pray the way I know how to pray. I'm going to pray with the, with the, with the, the knowledge I have about and what, all of this. I'm going to pray with my own understanding. But then when, once I prayed with my own understanding, then I'm going to yield myself to the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is going to speak through me in another language. He's going to pray through me in my prayer language that I received when I was baptized in the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is going to pray through me. And the Holy Spirit, amen, is in one with God and he knows the will of God and so the Holy Spirit prays according to the will of God. What is the difference you say in praying in your own language or praying in, in tongues? The difference is when I pray in my own language, when I pray in my own understanding, I pray my will. I pray what I want. I pray the way I think. But when I pray in tongues or pray in the Spirit, the Holy Spirit prays through me and the Holy Spirit prays God's will, what God wants and what God thinks. Prayer will produce power. Overcoming power, yes, but also enduring power. When you pray, pray the scriptures. 
God, you said in your word, you're the God that heals my disease. As you said in your word, by your stripes, I am healed. So God, I stand upon your word today. I remind you that you are the healer and I claim my healing in the name of Jesus according to the word of God. Pray the scriptures and pray in the spirit. Pray in the spirit, amen. You've not been baptized in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. I encourage you to talk to one of our staff members. Let us help you. Listen, you don't have to have some formal way of receiving it, man. You can get it driving home today, amen? If you do, I'll tell you, just pull over real quick too, you know. It's a three-point sermon in and of itself. Our takeaway today is we receive our vision through prayer. We receive our vision through prayer. Are you praying about what you're doing? And are you doing what God told you to do when you were praying? We receive our vision. We receive direction through prayer. But then, uh, don't stop there, refine our vision through prayer. All right, God, I, you, you told me this is what we were supposed to do. God you, God, you spoke to me caring people, caring for people. Okay, God, okay, God, thank you. You told me what we're supposed to do. Now, God, how are we supposed to do that? Show me how we're supposed to flesh that out. Receive our vision through prayer. Refine our vision through prayer. And then periodically re- refuel our vision through prayer. Refuel our vision. That's what I'm trying to do with this series on impact. I'm trying to refuel us. I'm trying to refocus us. I'm trying to keep us on course. I'm trying to remind us of what God has called us to do and what God wants through us to do through in us and through our corporate body. Can we stand in his presence this morning? Oh God, I thank you today. For the awesome privilege opportunity to spend time in your presence oh God God I don't dread my prayer time I yearn for my prayer time I look forward to my prayer time but God I realize that's not the way everyone sees it it's not that for every person and there probably was a time and there was a time in my life that it wasn't that way for me either but I've I've learned how to walk in your presence and I've learned I've learned through this pattern of prayer how to spend quality time in your presence and and the more I pray the more I want to pray the more I want to spend time with you God your presence oh it far overshadows what I could Spend time on Facebook or doing something else. Oh God, give us a desire to pray. Give us a desire to pray.